he just threw me off by saying he was going to lick the microphone like Brad Marchand. That's uh, not what we're wanting to see here on the show. And he's out of the playoffs. We're not seeing Brad Marchand on our TV screens, nor do I want him in my studio, a.k.a. my apartment. I don't want that. <laughs> I, I'll, I would have to sanitize that microphone for a while if you do that, JT. Don't do that, please. Ten four, Dylan. Yeah, no, no, no looking of anything here. Anyway, uh, welcome to the show. This is Out of Bounds. JT is with me as always, and there's a lot of news we're going to talk about tonight. A lot of news in the NFL. Um, some news about basketball, which these series are still going, which we thought it would end tonight or tomorrow night for both of these te- both of these series, but unfortunately, it's still going, and the Cavaliers have come back. From an 0-2 start, now they're tied 2-2 against the Boston Celtics. And then tonight, the Houston Rockets will be battling the Golden State Warriors. And they are down 2-1 against the Warriors as we speak. So, it's a do-or-die situation for the Houston Rockets tonight. Because if you go down 3-1 to the Golden State Warriors, you are in a very, very deep hole. You're toast. And you're pretty much toast. Texas toast. Well, San Antonio's not in this. So, (laughs) it's not Texas toast. Well, it's okay. Anyway, JT, how's your week been going so far? It's been good, man. A uh, pretty busy week. Last time we chat, I was pretty busy doing some coverage for the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup on the cupus.us website and worked a little bit between Under Armour and Disney, of course. Had fun this weekend at the Save the 90s night over at House of Blues. I saw that. So that was pretty fun. And last night, my Caps got a win. We'll talk about that in a minute. Yep. But uh, it's been a pretty good week, Dylan. How was your week? It was good. I mean, the rain started to taper off now, so it's actually been okay the past two days. It hasn't really been raining that much, which is fantastic to see, but been working as well, working up to our trip to Mississippi this weekend for Memorial Day to go see the uh, the parents up there with Ann Bailey. So it's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time over there, eat some crawfish for Memorial Day, Celebrate a little bit. Ooh, some crawfish. Merca. You know, it's going to be great. And that's the kickoff to summer here in Disney as well. We're going to see an influx of families coming through the state and coming through the city especially when uh, they come down to Disney World for their annual summer vacations. So we're just gearing up for that. Gearing up for some craziness here at Disney World. So anyway... Let's jump right on into some news. Let's start with the NFL. With the NFL, they expected to announce Nashville as the host of the 2019 NFL Draft this week during their spring meetings. JT, what do you think this will be like for Nashville, having the draft there? Well, it's going to be huge for Nashville, Dylan. We've been there. We were just there almost a year ago. Yeah. And we know Nashville, Dylan. They know how to party. So Nashville is one of those places where, you know, it reminds me of Austin, Texas, where I was a few weeks ago. Where no matter what weekend you go up to Nashville, they always have something going on. You know you got country music. There was always seems to be a, a bride's you know party going on over there. Bachelorette parties, yes. parties, things like that. <laughs> For some reason, I lost my train of thought. Something there. along those lines. Honky talk bars, of course. You got that going on, and you know it's going to be pretty exciting in Nashville. I mean, it's going to be in April, so hopefully your Predators will be in the playoffs which most likely will be at that time. The Titans, you know, they're going to get excited. Hope we'll have a good year, get, make a good run in, in the NFL this year. And 
hope we get to the Super Bowl. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Fingers crossed. We still got, you know, Nashville LSC going in MLS in a couple of years. So a lot of Nashville's booming, a lot of stuff going on right now. So I know people there up in Central, Central, Mid Tennessee are very excited right now. I'm sure the success of the All Star Game a few years ago for the NHL had something to do with this. That happened in 2016, and it was a fantastic All Star Game there in Nashville. It was probably the best All Star Weekend that a lot of analysts on NHL have said they've attended. So I think that that the success of that and the success of the Nashville Predators and also the growing uh, fan base of the Tennessee Titans. I think that's helped them get this bid. Hopefully they do announce it this week and they finalize things, but that would be a huge thing for the city, huge thing for the state of Tennessee, and it would bring in a lot of revenue as well. And that's something that cities are usually looking for. And um, an event such as the draft coming to your city, that's huge. That's a huge piece of news there. So I think that it'll be very exciting, and hopefully, if it does go to Nashville, we can get our hands on some tickets to go up there and cover the uh, the draft as well. So, we'll look forward to that. Hashtag road trip. There you go. OOB road trip 2019. That's what it is. Anyway, um, speaking of some other news coming out of the, the spring meetings, Arizona will host the 2023 Super Bowl, and New Orleans will host the 2024 Super Bowl. Of those two cities, which city do you think will have the most successful Super Bowl? Oh, it's got to be New Orleans, Dylan. New Orleans, the Big Easy. They've always had exciting games. Of course, the most memorable one recently was the 49ers and, and the Ravens, the Harbaugh or Bowl. And basically, you know, that game was crazy. The power went out in the middle of, what, the, the third quarter? And the game went on pretty late. So that's the most memorable Super Bowl. So I think New Orleans is a clear favorite in that one. But Arizona, they've got some good games. Of course, you remember the Seahawks and the Patriots when the Seahawks had a lead, and the Patriots came back, and they got an interception at the goal line for them to win the Super Bowl. So, And, then of course, the, the Patriots and the Giants when they met in 08 to, for that Super Bowl. So Arizona's had some memorable ones too, but I got to think I gotta go with New Orleans on this one. I think so too. The Big Easy is a great place for the Super Bowl, and it was a great Super Bowl, like you said, against the uh, Baltimore Ravens and the San Francisco 49ers. That was a huge game. That was Colin Kaepernick's, you know, Biggest game he ever played, and of course, he's no longer a starting quarterback in the league as of right now, but um, it's crazy to think that, you know, that not many years ago, we saw Colin Kaepernick at a very, very high level, and he was going to be the starter of San Francisco. He was going to be their franchise quarterback at a certain point, and then after Jim Harbaugh left, I think it just kind of went downhill from there, but... um, Great things for Arizona and and New Orleans. I think they're going to generate a lot of revenue in those cities as well. And uh, it should be very, very interesting to see those games in those host cities because they did a great job with the Super Bowls prior to those years as well. So we'll look forward to that. Some other big news coming out of the NFL. Some stars are skipping OTAs, um, including Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski from the New Orleans, uh, from, sorry, New England Patriots. I don't know what I was talking about, Saints. Uh, New England Patriots, and also OBJ from the Giants. He's actually at OTAs. Um, he's been joining the team. So, um, But there have been some some star players missing from these OTAs. Is this a big deal to you? Do you think this is a huge piece of news coming out, or should we not even worry about this? I wouldn't worry about it. I mean, I know ESPN's flipping out and people in New England about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, but I'm like, come on, guys. There, you know, there's no need to worry. Bill Belichick certainly ain't worried about it. He's like, typical Bill Belichick, oh, I'm only going to talk about the players that are here. 
I'm not talking about the players that aren't here. I'm not worried about Rob Gronkowski. We had a meeting, but I ain't worried about it. We'll get here. We'll see them when they show up down the road. And I'm pretty sure they will, Dylan. I mean, they have announced retirement, so I'm pretty sure they're going to play at some point this year. And OTAs, you know, it's not really a requirement until, what, June? And then yeah. when we get to training camp, that's when it's really a big deal. So if I don't see them in training camp in July, then you might want to be a little worried. But no worries, guys. Those star players are missing up. They're going to show up unless someone's holding out. Is Le'Veon Bell going to hold out or is he going to show up again? I don't know. Le'Veon Bell, that is a huge case there in, in uh, Pittsburgh. I think that with Le'Veon Bell not going to OTAs, that doesn't really bode well for the team because he has done this before. So we don't know if we don't know about his contract situation. I mean, at, at a certain point, yes, he is getting paid because he just got franchise tagged once again. But I mean, at a certain point, do you think he wants something long term? And I, I, you know what, if Pittsburgh's not willing to give him that long long term deal, then I would probably look somewhere else as well. If I'm not going to be you know, he's produced a lot for that team. He's the reason why that team was a playoff competitor um, the past few years. I think he's been the main cause because, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger hasn't been playing at the level he should be playing at. I mean, you know, maybe, what, three or four years ago, that was when he was having the huge games, had, throwing like 500-yard uh, games two or three times in the season, just huge games from Ben Roethlisberger. But He's kind of trailed off. He's starting to get towards retirement age. So with Le'Veon Bell, I mean, if I'm looking at him, I'm looking at the quarterback situation, seeing who they're going to replace Ben Roethlisberger with and some other key factors as well, because does he want to lock himself in that city or does he want to go somewhere else that may have a better shot at getting the Super Bowl one year? Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter about your regular season success. It's all about your postseason success. Ask Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, what, won two Super Bowls, but he went to like four or five maybe. So, I mean, you have to have success in the offseason. You have to have success in the Super Bowl. Le'Veon Bell has not had that yet. So I think that he needs to be looking elsewhere at a certain point um, if Pittsburgh's not going to give him a long-term deal. Even if they do try to give him a long-term deal, I would think long and hard about that decision and uh, see if that's really what, where he wants to play for um, the rest of his career or even at least the next four or five years. So we'll see what happens there. But I mean, I think the one person I would worry about about these OTAs is Rob Gronkowski because there is a report out there saying that he is still worried about his contract and he's still wanting to get a a big contract from a team. So um, if New England's not willing to offer up a big contract for Rob Gronkowski, I think that he might be moved somewhere. And I mean, you know, earlier in the summer, we were talking about uh, earlier in the in the postseason, I'm sorry, uh, we were talking about Rob Gronkowski possibly going somewhere else because he was looking for um, some more money and also New England was looking to trade him to another team. So we'll see what happens there. But I think he's the only player that I'm worried about um, not going to OTAs early this season. But again, maybe in June this all changes. But as of right now, Rob Gronkowski is the name I would keep an eye on um, heading into OTAs. Now, Johnny Manziel is back in football, and he is not playing with the Spring League anymore. He's actually playing with the CFL with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the head coach came out two days ago once it was announced that Johnny Manziel was going there and simply stated, hey, guess what? Johnny Manziel is not going to be the starter day one. He's actually going to have to earn it. So I think this is good for Johnny Manziel to actually get on a football field once again, even if it is in the CFL. There are some NFL scouts who go up there to the CFL to, to gauge talent up there. Um, so I think that Johnny Manziel is a good move by him. I think he should play there for at least a season or two just to get some more reps in. If there is a player, if there is a team who 
has dire need for a quarterback, which I could see a team in the next two years possibly wanting a quarterback. Um, Johnny Manziel will be there, and I think that he would be willing to listen to some offers from NFL teams just to get back into the States and play in the NFL. Um, but yeah, I think Johnny Manziel going to the CFL is a great move. JT, what do you think? Well, I think it's going to be a good move for Johnny Manziel. Just an- another opportunity and probably his last chance to, to prove the doubters wrong. And Johnny Manziel, I mean, I'm happy that he worked hard to get his life in order and getting it all straight out, and now he can focus on football. And for Johnny Manziel, he signed a two-year contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. And you got to give Johnny Manziel some credit, Dylan. He did something that you don't see a lot of quarterbacks that get left out in the NFL do. Go to Canada to play in the Canadian Football League. Not many quarterbacks that left the NFL are willing to do that. You know, we didn't see Tim Tebow or Colin Kaepernick go to Canada. Johnny Manziel's going, so he's giving a shot. You got to give him credit for that. So it's an opportunity that I think can work out on both sides. For the CFL, it's definitely going to bring them attention. I mean, I, I, I've watched a few Canadian Football League games, but not a lot. But I'll probably watch a lot more now if Johnny Manziel's playing. And I'm sure a lot of Americans will watch to see what he can do. And hopefully all the best if he does really well, Dylan. There's no doubt in my mind, like you said, somebody's going to call him. Yeah, at a certain point. At a certain point, I think somebody's going to call him. And it just depends on when. At this point, it's not if, it's when. Because there will be an injury along the line. And Johnny Menzel's name will be brought up in the conversation. And he'll get a call. It just depends on what team will get that that void uh, in their team. In the depth chart of the quarterback. So... Uh, another quarterback situation that's um, going to Oakland, actually. Christian Hackenberg got traded to the Oakland Raiders for a conditional seventh-round pick from the New York Jets. Do you think this is a good move from Christian Hackenberg to go over to Raiderland? Well, the truth is, Dylan, is that co- their coach, the Raiders, John Gruden, he's always been intrigued by Christian Hackenberg and his potential. I mean, with the Jets, he didn't do much. Excuse me, but... He's uh, looking forward for the new opportunity with the Oakland Raiders. And the Jets didn't, the Raiders didn't give him much. All they gave was a 2019 uh, conditional seven-round draft pick. So not a lot. And they have to, with the, considering the history with Derek Carr, because he struggled to stay healthy last year, the Raiders had to invest in a quarterback because they lost late in the season and got knocked out in the playoffs. So for the Raiders, this is huge. That And John Gruden has a history of developing quarterbacks. He loves quarterbacks. Remember when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? He had like three or four quarterbacks in one season. It was crazy, but he's known to develop them. And some of the quarterbacks, not all of those with the, with the with the Bucks, but some of them move on to other teams and did very well. Like, um, oh, I can't, oh, Jeff Garcia. There we go. He's one of them. Yep. So, or Brad Johnson. So he's had a few that he's been doing well in developing quarterbacks. So we'll see, Dylan. I think it's a good move for Christian Hackenberg because he wasn't getting utilized in the New York Jets. But I'm sure the Raiders could definitely use him, especially if Derek Carr can't struggles in the beginning of the season. And it's a low-risk, high-reward situation for the Oakland Raiders. So I think it's a good move to add him to the depth chart just to see. I mean, he's still a young kid. He's only been in the league, what, two years now? So, I mean, I think Yeah, that he's 23. He's a young kid. He's a young kid. I think he has time to develop, and especially under John Gruden. With him having uh, Gruden's QB camp on ESPN for several years, you know, while he was an analyst with ESPN, I think that it's, it's a huge move for the Oakland Raiders to get this kid. And if it doesn't work out, great. You can drop him. It's fine. It's seventh-round pick you, pay, you paid for him. Or if he does very well, he could be the successor to Derek Carr. So I think it's a, a great opportunity for Christian Hackenberg and also a great situation for the Oakland Raiders. Now let's move on to basketball. The Rockets and Warriors are going down tonight 
And uh, the Rockets got blown out by 41 points on Sunday night. And now they're down 2-1 in the series. So do you think that they win tonight? Or do you think the Golden Golden War, Golden State Warriors um, win on home, home court? All I can say, Dylan, is, is if Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, those guys and their, and their Warriors bench, they all show up like they did on Sunday. And the Rockets, if they can't get more production from James Harden and Capella and Chris Paul, because James Harden, when they played on Sunday, he looked like his, his, his shoes got glued to the court. He couldn't do anything. And the bench didn't help out. And we talked about this last week, Dylan. James Harden cannot carry the Rockets. He needs support. Like LeBron gained support from his bench in the Cleveland Cavaliers series. He needs support. He can't do it all on his own. And I know Mike D'Antoni said before the game tonight, oh, there's no pressure. We'll be all right. We'll be okay. And I know he's trying to take pressure off his players, but come on. Everybody knows, Dylan, if the Rockets go down 3-1 to the Warriors, it's over. They're not going to beat the Warriors three straight times. I don't see it. So this is a critical game, Dylan, critical game for both teams. But I think it's Dylan because the Warriors are at home. It's going to go to the Warriors, and they're not going to let this opportunity slip. You know you could put the the Rockets, their backs against the wall. And this is a huge opportunity for the Warriors. And they want to do that. They don't want to risk dragging the series out, getting injuries, especially with what's going on in Cleveland in that series. So I think the Warriors are watching what's going on in that series. And they want to get it done as quickly as they can. And that's what I think is going to happen. Tonight they're going to go up 3-1. And the Rockets, it's just not going to look pretty. It might not be as easy as you think, though, because Andre Iguodala is actually going to be out for this game. Uh, while the in the past two seasons, with the Warriors, when they have Andre on the court with them, they're one thirty five and thirty four, which is a win percentage of seven nine nine, with an average point differential of plus ten when he's on the court. But when he's off the court, they're sixteen and nine, which is a win percentage of six forty, and an average point differential of plus four point two. So. It might not be as easy as we say it's going to be. I still think the Warriors will win tonight, but we just got to see how how much it affects the team not having Andre Iguodala on the, team, on the court. Um, he is a catalyst for some of their offense, and I, I think it might be a little tough for them um, against the Rockets tonight just because of that injury. And he's been ruled out for this game. They haven't said anything about, you know, in the next few weeks how he's going to feel, whatnot, but hopefully he gets back on the court just for Golden State's sake because... If he's not on the court, then uh, that might be a huge, huge blow for the Warriors. Now let's go to the Celtics and Cavaliers series. The Cavs, like I said earlier during the opening, they bounced back in this series. They were down 0-2, and now they've won the past two games to tie up the series against Boston. So do you think the Cleveland Cavaliers have a shot now going into the last three games of this series? It's a best of, th- a best of three series right now. Yeah, and you would favor the Boston Bruins, Boston Bruins, Boston Celtics. Close. Thinking of hockey for some reason right now. <laughs> but uh, probably we were talking about Brad Marshall earlier. But for the Celtics, look, it's just stunning how they've gotten this far without the two best players, Hayward and Kyrie Irving. And they play like a legit team. But I didn't see that same Boston team that was dominating in Boston in the first two games against Cleveland. And now they made it a close series, close game last night because I watched them the game last night. But LeBron James, he just took over the third and fourth quarter, Dylan. And LeBron James, to me, has been a difference maker. He's carried the the Cavaliers when we all thought he was just going to get tired and get worn out. And Cleveland knows, Dylan, they just have to win one game. If they beat Boston in game five, 
They'll win at home in game six, and the series is done. And Cleveland will go to the, the NBA Finals for like the fourth straight season. So for Boston, these two games that they got at home, game five and game seven, is huge. So Boston, I think, will have to win game five. I think Cleveland won game six, and it's going to go seven games. But I have to give, because you got the best player in the world, and Boston doesn't have the two best players. So you kind of have to give the edge to Cleveland right now. And there's also a report saying Kyrie Irving may be traded in the offseason after this season is over with. So that would be huge news. But let's just not talk about um, if situations right now. The biggest thing is, is that, like you said, LeBron James has taken over in every game they've been down. He just takes it over in the second half. He becomes the Cleveland Cavaliers in one player. Um, I think that LeBron at a certain point, again, I keep saying this, I think it's going to come to fruition at some point um, where he's going to get injured. He's playing so much, and he's putting his body on the line every single night for this team to where he's not as young as he used to be. I think that he's going to get injured in this series. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when at this point, because if he keeps playing the way he's playing, he's playing a very physical kind of basketball right now, a very physical um, game. And I think that at this point, he's just leading to injury. It just It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when at this point. I think that uh, Boston has a really good shot of winning this series. It's just that they have to win at home. When they go home, they have to win those games, and they cannot let Cleveland get any sort of momentum in these games going in the second half because if they do that, then this series over is over with. But if they don't, I think Boston can actually make it to the finals and lose to the Golden State Warriors. But, you know, who knows? It's been crazy in the playoffs this year. NHL, NBA, it just seems as though every time we say something's going to happen, the opposite happens. So... Um, LeBron James keeps proving us wrong. I wouldn't be surprised if he proved us wrong again. But in my mind, I think that Boston has a better team overall. He, they have a better, well-rounded team. So I think that Boston will win this series at the end of the day. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, let's move on to some NHL news. And the Vegas Golden Knights are making history once again by advancing to the Stanley Cup Final. They actually won the Western Conference Final against the Winnipeg Jets easily. They clinched the series in five games on Sunday. Just incredible. Incredible. Well, what was crazy about this series, Dylan, was Vegas lost the first game in Winnipeg. They lost the first game, and then they beat the Jets four straight times. And what was impressive with that streak, Dylan, was Although after their first game when they lost, all those other games, game two, three, four, and five, they scored, they had the lead, and they never lost that lead. Yeah. They held on each game against the Jets. And the Jets, I mean, as your Predators know, Dylan, in the last round, they were a very physical, very fast-paced team, knock you all over the place, and get chippy goals. You got Bufflin knocking everybody, Shifley, you got Patrick Laine, and their goalie, Hellebuck, was just amazing. But Vegas, no one has the speed, Dylan, that the Vegas Golden Knights have. Gerard, uh, Gallant, what he's done with that team has been amazing, amazing. I mean, you got to give the staff, the, the GM, the owner, what they've done with that team, amazing. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, he has the best saves against average in these playoffs, Dylan. 
He's been amazing. You got Nate Schmidt, who's played more minutes than anybody on that Vegas Golden Knights team. My former Washington Capitol player. Yeah. And you got uh, Riley Smith. You got Marshall Shaw. You got James Neal. James Neal. And you got uh, William Carlson. They got so many good players on that team. And the guy that got the game-winning goal, Ryan Reeves, his dad was he's from Winnipeg. He, he played for the – I believe he's from Winnipeg. But he played for the, the the CFL team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And then years later, his son, who plays for the Vegas Gold Knights, goes into Winnipeg and beats the, the city's team, hockey team. And scored his first goal as a Golden Knight in that game to clinch the series against the Winnipeg Jets. Just phenomenal. Phenomenal stuff. I, I think that Vegas is on, from another planet right now at this point. I, I think that we do not know what reality is now because of the Vegas Golden Knights and their rise to the Stanley Cup final. It's been an incredible run for this team. I think that with Winnipeg, like you said, the three top players you spoke about, Mark Shifley, um, you have Dustin Bufflin, you have Patrick Laine. Where were they? Paul Stastny, yeah. Where were they in this series? They, they were shut down. And, and and you know what's funny, Dylan, is Vegas Golden Knights has done this in every series. When they played the LA Kings, they shut down Kopitar. They shut down Carter. They shut down Dowdy. They ran John the Quick out of town and swept them. Okay? When they played the San Jose Sharks, they shut down Thornton. They shut down Evander Keane. They shut down Thomas Hurdle. And they got goals past uh, their goalie, Jones, and they went through them. And then Winnipeg, like I mentioned, they lose in the first game. They won four straight. They made it look so easy. The Vegas Golden Knights right now are 12-3 and in these playoffs. They've been the best home team in these playoffs. They were like, I think, 6-7-1 or seven one at home. They've only lost one game at home. So Vegas has been amazing. And what's funny, Dylan, is this is their first year. Remember, like a year ago, this team, we knew it was going to be in the league, but they had nobody on their roster. Yeah. And now here we are literally a year later, and they're going to the Stanley Cup. And the only time we've seen this in the NHL, Dylan, was in 1968 when the St. Louis Blues came in the league. And that's only because at that time, Dylan, that was a different era. That was when the NHL had the original six. Yeah. And then they brought in six teams like the the California Golden Seals, the Pittsburgh Penguins were the team, the Kings, the, the St. Louis Blues, and I'm missing two other teams. Oh, the Flyers, and there's one more other team that I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, they had the North Stars. But that team, when those teams came in, Dylan, they were in, the, in their own division. They were in the same division like the original six. So, of course, when the Blues were going through, they beat everybody that was the first time in the league. And when they got to the Stanley Cup final, they got swept. So it's a different time. I mean, Vegas, what they've done has been amazing. And everything that's been going on in Vegas with the shooting that happened last year and the team rallying, getting through that moment, and Vegas, the fans come out to support the team, it's been an absolutely amazing story. And if they win the Stanley Cup, Dylan, I feel like when Seattle comes, we will never see this again. I'm sure the NHL, they're going to take credit, be like, oh, Vegas, they're a great story. But privately, they're like, this is never going to happen again. There's still teams, Dylan, that have never been in the Stanley Cup. The Arizona Coyotes, they've never been in the Stanley Cup. The Florida, no, the Florida Panthers have been in one. Winnipeg. And the Winnipeg, the Minnesota Wild, as the current team, the Minnesota Wild, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, 17 seasons. Those guys have not been in the Stanley Cup. Not once. That's incredible. Uh, and you look at the Caps and Bolts on the other side in the Easter Conference Final. Um, that series is tied now. They are 3-3 three and three going into a Game 7 in Tampa Bay. Um, before I even ask you about who has the edge going into Game 7, does it matter who Vegas plays in the final? 
Does it really matter at this point? I think, well, Vegas... I, I know you're a little biased because of the Caps, <laughs> but still, I mean, either team, whether it be the Capitals, whether it be the, the Lightning, do you think either team actually have a shot at Golden Knights? It doesn't look that way, Dylan. It really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, Vegas has been a team of destiny. And Vegas, when I was watching on ESPN+, Plus, they talked about that some of the players. They've, they've been rallying around this mantra of the Golden Misfits. Because everyone's doubted them all year. Oh, Vegas, they're not going to win a lot of games. They prove very wrong. Oh, they're not, not going to get past the first round. They got past the first round. Can't bet, got past the second round, and so on and so on. Vegas has rallied around that, Dylan, and they have clearly exceeded expectations. Mark andre Fleury has been saving that team. And you know for the Capitals, that guy haunts me, okay? So if we, gotta, if we somehow come through against Tampa Bay and have to play them, we know it's not going to be easy. For the Lightning, though, if they go, like I told you, Vegas – the way they shut down their star players, because they're so quick. And Tampa Bay, you know, they can strike quickly, too, with goals. Vasilevsky, I mean, he's a young guy, 23, done very well for the Lightning this season. But Marc-Andre Fleur, he's won three cups. I mean, come on. It's a no-brainer. Vegas, I know it's going to act like they're not the favorites, but we all know, Dylan, whoever they play in the Stanley Cup, they're going to be the favorites to win. Yeah. Yeah, well, next week, um, we'll know who the Stanley Cup final participants will be. We'll see who's the East Conference final uh, champion and also the West Conference final with Vegas Golden Knights. So we will try to get some reporters, some beat reporters from each city um, to come on the show and tell us more about their respective teams and also tell us some of the things they're looking for in this next series, which will be pretty interesting. So um, going into Game 7, though, with the Caps and the Lightning, who do you think has the edge going into that game? Right now, Dylan, I would say it's a toss-up because the Capitals had a 2-0 series lead, and then we've lost three straight games. And to be honest, Dylan, I mean, Game 3, we were bad. We we just didn't show up in that game. Game 4, we just took bad penalties. That cost us that game. And Washington had done that. It could have been 2-2, and we probably would have won one game at home. Game 5, the Capitals just fell asleep, Dylan. You gave up a goal in 19 seconds in the first period. You give up another goal later in that period, and then in the second period, the Lightning got a goal in, like, what, a minute 30? And we're down 3 nothing. What is going on? I mean, no pun intended, Lightning fans, but you literally struck the Capitals twice in that game. Yeah. So Capitals had to play catch-up. And the, the Capitals, to their credit, the second period and the third period, they showed up, they played their game, Ovechkin got a goal, and it was desperation time. And that's and I told you, Dylan, last week, the Lightning, they shut down Ovechkin the two games at home, and he's finally broken through. The game last night, Dylan, the Capitals were desperate. And I, the Capitals, I'd never seen, like, the game last night. They were hitting people. Ovechkin was hitting people. They, they out-hit the Lightning, Dylan, 31 hits to 19. They were clearly the more physical team out there. Tom Wilson, Devontae Smith-Pelly, Ovechkin, Baxter, Oshie, everybody's getting contributing. And Vasilevsky made some big saves in that game, Dylan, because I know the Lightning lost 3-0, but if Vasilevsky didn't make those stellar saves in that game, they would have been down 6-0. And you got to get credit to Hopi, too. Hopi made a lot of big saves to keep Washington in it. So Washington, Dylan, you kind of feel like you have to get on the edge 
only because they've been the best road team in the playoffs, seven and two. Now I know you're going to give me stats about their history. I can give you stats about their history because really that's quick. what everyone's been talking about. <laughs> oh, the Capitals were four and eleven in Game Sevens. Ovechkin in his era, thirteen seasons, he's three and seven in Game Sevens. And also the Lightning are five and two in Game Sevens, the best record in the NHL in terms of Game Sevens. Yeah, a minimum of five games. So I know that, but I will say this, Dylan: the, the Capitals. This year, they have not listened to the statistics. They have proven Dowers, even like myself, being a Longhorn Capitals fan, wrong this season. Because the old Capitals doing like, if the old Capitals played last night, they would have faltered. And we would have lost and been out the door. Bye. But these Capitals, Barry Trotz, he's taught these players to, you know, get for every loose puck, fight the four checks, get in the boards, win the battles. Hope he gets stepping up for big saves after being benched the first two games. People keep forgetting the Capitals, this is a test. And if they want to win a cup, you got to pass these tests. The first round, we were down 2 0 against Columbus. Washington came back, won four straight to win that series. The second round against Pittsburgh, or Arch Nemesis, who's knocked us out of the playoffs 11 of the last 12 times, we faced them because the only time we beat them, Dylan, was in 1994. That's the last time we beat them before this year in the playoffs. And game five, we were down twice against Pittsburgh, came back, won that game in, in six, and then in overtime. And then this series against Tampa Bay, which so far, Dylan, this is the only time I've seen the old Capitals blowing a 2 nothing series lead. That's the only thing you can say about this team that's been the old Capitals. But Ovechkin, Dylan, I've never seen Ovechkin play. He's been playing like a man on a mission. He's based, he said tonight that game seven, tomorrow night, is going to be the most important game in my career. And he knows that because who knows, Dylan Ovechkin, he may not, the window's closing. He may not have another chance like this. So he has to go for it. It's not like we're going to beat the Penguins every year anyways. <laughs> True. So the Capitals have to make the most of it. And I believe, Dylan, if the Capitals play like the way they did last night, if we get the power plays, because special teams, Dylan, is what's going to determine this series or for tomorrow. If the Capitals get their power play going like they did last night, Stop the penalty kill. Don't give up bad penalties. And hope he plays the way he did like he did yesterday. There's no doubt in my mind, Dylan. The Capitals can win game seven. And considering that we've been the best road team, they'll go to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, how we do, we'll have to wait until we get there. But I think, Dylan, the Capitals have a shot. If Tampa Bay wins, it's going to be because of Vezileski, their goalie. He's made some killer saves in this series. Stamkos, Kalorin made some goals, you know. That's the Tampa Bay Lightning team, and they're not an easy team to beat. The Capitals never make it easy, Dylan. They never do. No, they don't. So this is the test, and if the Caps get through it, hey, Dylan, maybe we might win the Cup this year. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I think that Alex Ovechkin does sense that his window is closing very, very soon. Um, But Tampa Bay Lightning, I think the only thing that they have – um, in their favor is that at home they're 29-10-2 this season. So they're a very strong home team. Um, it is a good idea for them to be playing at home in this Game 7 if you are a Tampa Bay fan. Um, but again, like you said, I think Alex Ovechkin knows that his time is coming to an end soon, um, whether it be the next few seasons or how, whatever. Um, but I think that this is probably one of the best shots he's had at the Cup in a long, long time. So I think that at this point in his career, he needs to play for broke tomorrow night and and win this game. Like I said, Dylan, if he plays like he did last night, the Capitals definitely got a chance. One thing I will quickly mention, though, is these Stanley Cup playoffs, like you said, they've been unpredictable. And the road team has basically won. Vegas clinched in five games in, in Winnipeg. And the Capitals, each test that they've passed, they won on the road. Columbus, Pittsburgh, now 
possibly Tampa Bay. Do they lose their luck tomorrow night or do they keep it going? We'll see what happens in Tampa tomorrow night. So the Swedes actually beat Switzerland in the IIHF gold medal game in the hockey championships. And USA defeated Canada to win the bronze this year. So we had Sweden, Switzerland, and USA in that order for gold, silver, and bronze. Um, This is the second year in a row that Sweden's actually won the gold medal match. Um, Also, this is the second year in a row where the gold medal game has actually gone to a shootout. And the Swedes won it. Philip Forsberg actually had the game-winning goal in the shootout. So Victor Arvidsson, Philip Forsberg, and Matthias Ekholm bring home the gold medal um, back to Nashville. Uh, Roman Yossi and Kevin Fiala are the silver medalists with Switzerland. And Nick Bonino plays for the USA, and so he's bringing home the bronze. So congratulations to those men out there. Uh, Fantastic game. I watched Sweden versus Switzerland, actually. It was a great game. Very, very close game and evenly matched. I I think that it could have uh, been a different outcome if you had played it, you know, the next day. I I I think it was just that close of a game. Now, moving into some more new Nashville uh, Predators news, Paul Fenton is now the new GM for the Minnesota Wild. He actually, over the past few seasons, he's actually been approached by several teams um, to interview for the GM position. But Minnesota Wild was apparently the position he was wanting and so he is now going to be um in the wild front office there so is that a good move for the minnesota wild i think so dylan look how successful your predators have been so you think teams are going to start picking up predators coaches or assistant gms to know how successful they've been in minnesota they do kind of have a national connection is 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 ryan stewart still there yes he is don't (laughs) bring it up jesus so I think, you know, Minnesota had to make a change to get something. Now, the question is, are they going to keep Bruce Boudreaux? I think they probably will because they would have let him go by now if they weren't going to keep him. So, I think Minnesota gets one more go with him and see how it goes. Minnesota's got a good team, Dylan. Zach Parise, they got a, a good goalie, uh, Devin Dunick. Minnesota just has to get past the first round yeah. and not face the Preds or the Blackhawks or whoever they're playing in the, in the first round and try to be the best team. That's the best they can do. So we'll see, but it's a good pickup for Minnesota. I think it is too. And we had some internal promotions as well. I believe uh, David Poyle's son is actually an assistant general manager now for the team. So um, congratulations to the Nashville Predators organization for still um, promoting from within in in that organization. Like you said, they built such a strong organization that it's impressive to see that they can actually just promote from within and still be as strong as they have been um, and not skip a beat essentially, when it comes to Paul Fenton leaving. So that's great news for the National Predators and great news for me as a fan. So can't wait to see what happens next season. Now, let's move on to JT's favorite segment of the week. It's the football recap of the week. JT, the microphone is all yours. Thanks, Dylan. And as always, out of balance, we're here to recap the latest from the beautiful game. And for my weekend recap, it's basically a lot of European League drama. Uh, We had the FA Cup this past weekend, and Chelsea won it for the eighth time in their club's history beating Manchester United on Eden Hazard's penalty 1-0. PSG had a draw in their final league game, but they won league on title this year, 4-1 for Unai Emery. But Unai Emery left PSG after winning coach of the year in league on. So he leaves. He's going to be coaching, speculation is he's going to be coaching Arsenal in the Premier League next season. Eintracht Frankfurt, they shocked FC Bayern München in the German Cup to win that game 3-1. Very impressive performance for Eintracht Frankfurt. Congrats to those guys. 
FC Barcelona won their final league game one nothing, as it was Andre Iniesta's final game in FC Barcelona colors. We don't know where he's going to play yet. A lot of people speculate he might be MLS or China. But Iniesta, I wish you the best of luck. What do you decide to do? And then Inter Milan, Dylan, they were down 2-1 in this game against the last game in Serie A. Came back late to win that game 3-2 with a goal at the death in the late 90th minute. And Inter Milan gets that final Champions League spot. And Lazio, who was in that final chance spot, misses out. So, bummer for those guys. All right, Dylan, for Orlando City... We had a game this past Friday against the defending MLS Cup champions, Toronto FC. And we lost that game 2-1. to one. So Orlando City, you know, we were picking it up, but now we've been kind of slowing down a bit in these past few games. Chapman got the first goal for Toronto. We got a goal from Christian Hagreta. And then in the 87th minute, Ryan Telfer got the goal for Toronto City to give them a 2-1 win for Orlando City. We just got to pick up the pieces. We're going to be at home on Saturday this weekend as we take on a Chicago Fire. The Orlando Pride, they were off this past weekend. Orlando Pride, they are on a five-game unbeaten streak. The ladies will play North Carolina Courage tomorrow at Orlando City Stadium, also known as the Purple Palace. All right, Dylan, for my soccer news segment for the U.S. Open Cup, I had to do some coverage for them last week on the cup.us website. Dylan, your favorite soccer team, Nashville SC, they won the El Nashville Derby against Inter Nashville FC 2-0. They advance the next round, which will be tomorrow. They were taking on the Mississippi Brilla in the third round of the tournament. We had some also notable games. FC Cincinnati got past Detroit City 4-1 extra time. And FC Wichita beat the Tulsa Roughnecks 4-3. Indy 11 was a big shocker. They lost one at the end of Mississippi against the Mississippi Brilla. All right, Dylan. Speaking of Nashville, they made an announcement today that Ian R.A., he's going to be the CEO for the MLS uh, Nashville's gr- soccer group. That's going to be j- the team joining the league um, in a couple years, the MLS. So very exciting news for Nashville there, Dylan. And, of course, USL, they announced that Madison, Wisconsin, will be another Division Three team joining that league next year. All right, Dylan, for my games to watch this weekend, there's only one game you got to watch. It's the UEFA Champions League final. The champions, as Liverpool takes on Real Madrid, big game. Cristiano Ronaldo going against Mohamed Salah. It's gonna be a big game. Jurgen Klopp against Zinedine Zidane. It's gonna be a big game on Saturday at 2:45 Eastern time. I'm picking Liverpool for the upset to end Real Madrid's two-game, two Champions League run because they won the last two Champions League. They're trying to go for a three-peat, but I think Liverpool gets it done, Dylan. And that will conclude my football recap of the week. So, what happened with Zlatan yesterday? What yeah, I'm sure you heard he got a red card against Montreal Impact. He slapped some guy in the face. <laughs> yeah, he, he got shoved by the this young kid. I don't know who it is. Apparently, then, he stepped on him too, yeah, yeah, or something like that. He stepped on him, and then what he does is he slaps him. Then as the guy's going down, like, oh my god, he's so hard. Zidane's like, oh my god, or Zidane. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is like, oh, I'm going down. They both go down at the same time. Well, Zlatan, I think he had a delayed reaction to he, his foot injury at he, that point. I mean, then, it must have been a metal spike that went into his foot or something. Yeah, well, the ref didn't buy it. What they did was they had to do the, the VAR, the video assistant referee. And once he looked at it, it's, oh, nope, he slapped him. So we got to give him a straight red. Wow. So they gave him a straight red. But it didn't matter for the LA Galaxy. They still won the game, even though Zlatan Ibrahimovic got sent off. <sighs> Thanks to Ole Kamara. 
Is he out for the next game as well? Is that is that what happens with the red card? Well, the red card is just usually a one-game suspension. Okay. If you get multiple yellow card accumulations, then it's three. Okay, so but he's out for the he's, next he's game. He's going to miss the next game. Oh, that sucks for him. But the Galaxy, I think they'll be okay. They, they got no issues. But it's Zlatan, though. I know. He's the one that sells jerseys. I'm Zlatan. Always talk to the third person. He's been busy on the a lot of late-night shows. He's been on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. And late shows like that. So. Los Angeles. Los You're Angeles. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Dylan. Well, let's talk about some miscellaneous news. Let's start with Fox. The Fox Sports Network, Dylan. They're going to bid a billion dollars for the rights for WWE's SmackDown events. So I think that's a huge deal for them. For wrestling, man? Wow. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for wrestling. That's a huge deal for Fox, actually. I think that with Fox having SmackDown, that brings wrestling back into the mainstream, even though it is still in the mainstream. I think that Fox is even a better network than I believe they were on... I forgot. It wasn't USA. USA was, is, was is Raw, A&E? I believe. No, it was not a oh, I can't remember. I A&E can't was, either. I thought it was USA, but maybe I thought of TNT. I think USA is I, Raw. It used to be Spike, but Spike, they rebranded. They're now a different channel now. So. I, I don't know. Anyway, um, but with SmackDown being on Fox, I think it's going to be a huge deal for wrestling fans so they can be seen uh, more widely. Um in the in the nation so that's pretty cool for smackdown viewers and wrestling viewers as a whole um so congratulations to smackdown for getting a billion dollars for that um justify wins the preakness and has a chance for the triple crown after a foggy race day this past weekend yeah it was really foggy i didn't watch it because i was um working at clopper creek that day but uh i was reading the highlights and i was like man it's so foggy where's that horse i couldn't see him and they said that he won so for justified, Dylan, he has a chance to make history because the last time we had a Triple Crown runner was in 2015 when America Farrell won the race. So uh, Justify has a chance to break that streak in a short amount of time because before that, Dylan, it was like, what, 30 years? 1968, yeah. yeah, was the last time we had a Triple Crown winner. This will be the 13th Triple Crown winner if they do if he does win again in um, the Belmont Stakes. So Justify has a really good shot of being that 13th horse in uh, the conversation for... Triple Crown winners, which is fantastic. So the Alliance Phoenix of the Alliance of American Football League announced um, the other day that Rick Neuheisel will be their head coach. And you might recognize Rick from being the UCLA head coach most recently in 2008 through 2011. And so that's a huge move for Arizona, um, the Phoenix team there. And I'm surprised they are using a working title as their team. We don't really have a working title for any other teams well, they, the league hasn't announced official team names or colors like that. They're just announcing that's Alliance Orlando or Alliance Phoenix or Alliance Phoenix. But they'll eventually have team names and colors. Interesting. What colors do you think they'll have, JT? For Orlando? No, for for Arizona. Arizona? Well, Phoenix? It won't, it won't be Cardinal colors. I yeah, it's that. not going to be red well, and white. Well, they're going to be playing at Sun Devil Stadium, so they might, which is the Arizona State University. Okay. So they might have those colors. Yeah, maybe. Or something similar to it. We'll see. But not sure yet. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, let's go over to winners and losers. JT, I will start with you first. All right, Dylan. So my winner this week is the city of Las Vegas because your hockey team made the Stanley Cup final. And you guys, the fans that support that team, have been amazing. Get behind that team in their first year. The only thing I wonder, Dylan, because you know they have the expansion inaugural season on their patch on their jersey. But they got to have the Stanley Cup one now. So where are they going to move it? Because that usually goes to that spot. Yeah, so I don't know. So they'll have to figure that out. But the city of Las Vegas is my winner this week. My loser this week 
is also the city of Las Vegas, only because the Vegas Golden Knights are a 500 to 1 odds to win the Stanley Cup. So for those casinos in Vegas, if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, those guys, those casinos are going to lose a lot of money. The other loser I have is Florida Panthers, and that's only because you let your the coach, Jorgalant, go because you fired him at the airport last season. Let him go. He gets picked up by the Vegas Golden Knights. You also lose Jonathan Marshall, who's like your one of your best young forwards, to the Vegas Golden Knights, and look what he's doing in that team. So Vegas goes to the Stanley Cup uh, final. Florida Panthers, where are you at? You didn't even make the playoffs this year. Yeah. So they're my loser this week, along with the casinos in Las Vegas. Dylan, who you got? So my winner this week is going out to several players, actually. So we got Victor Arvidsson, Philip Forsberg, Matthias Ekholm taking home gold with Team Sweden in the IIHF World Championships this this year. Um, also, I have Roman Yossi and Kevin Fiala for getting the silver medal with Sweet, uh, Switzerland. And then we have Nick Bonino getting the bronze medal with Team USA. So congratulations to those players. Some well yeah, deserved. Again. Yeah, there's that man again. <laughs> Benino, 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 Benino. Um, yeah, so the congratulations to those players from the National Predators for getting those medals. Um, it's a well deserved win, and I hope that they can bring home the Stanley Cup next year so they can add some more hardware to their trophy case in Nashville. Uh, my loser this year, this week, is actually Jose Batista. While he was with the Atlanta Braves, he actually got cut by them this week. He was only hitting a .143. He had two home runs and five RBIs on 35 plate appearances this season with the Braves. So as of right now, if he clears waivers, I don't see a team actually um, looking for his services this season yet. Maybe later in the season, he might get picked up by a team who needs some depth. I'm not really sure, but... Jose Bautista wasn't really playing that well with the Braves, and I don't know if he'll play any better with another team. So it might be the end of Jose Bautista's career, but we'll just have to see what happens um, with with that. So those are my winners and losers. Now let's move on to final thoughts. JT? Well, my final thought is just talking about the coverage for the U.S. Open Cup. We have a round three tomorrow. The game I'll be doing some updates on is the Miami United FC against Jacksonville Armada FC. So just follow on my Twitter updates or Instagram or on Slack, the Slack channel. Dylan, you're familiar with Slack, right? So I'll be doing some updates on there. But my also final thought is just Washington Capitals. It's now or never, man. Let's do it. Let's do it done. Let's prove the Dodgers wrong and have at least one more round and make it fun. Hashtag all caps. Dylan, what's your final thought? Well, my final thought goes out to the Vegas Golden Knights. So, beginning of the season, wow, no the postseason, no softball update because we had no games. So, not really an update that I can give. But with the Vegas Golden Knights, I mean, congratulations to them for what they've accomplished so far this season. I was counting them out in the playoffs. I was counting them out in the regular season. Um, I was giving them a pretty hard time all season on this show, saying that they weren't going to make it. They were just a fluke. They were going to get out the first round. They were going to get out the second round. They were going to get out... The finals. Now they're going to the Stanley Cup final. And it's pretty hard to judge a record that they've put together, especially in the playoffs going 12-3. and three. Uh, That's a phenomenal run by them. That's almost as good as the National Predators from last season, um, even though Vegas did a little bit better than us last year. But still, they got to the Stanley Cup final. They are a very powerful team on the shoulders of Marc-Andre Fleury. And congratulations to James Neal, too. James Neal... 
Um, added some veteran presence into that locker room. Also added some Stanley Cup presence into that locker room. So uh, congratulations to him. You know James Neal's going to be a free agent after the season, right? Yes, he is. Not only that, Vegas Golden Knights, like you mentioned, they've gone on this great run. Can you imagine Vegas, the, the best home team, or is the Washington Capitals the best road team, or Tampa Bay? And if, if Vegas wins the Cup, I mean, it's going to be bonkers in Vegas, man. Yeah, it will be. Uh, I think and that, it won't be staying in Vegas, that's for sure. No, it won't. The I, Cup won't. I think that James Neal, if he is a free agent at the end of the season, if he still is looking for a team, I would not be surprised if Nashville came a-calling. Uh, because he does love Nashville still, even though they went on this miraculous run with Vegas. If he gets a Stanley Cup final, if, if if he wins the Stanley Cup with the Vegas Golden Knights, I would not be surprised if he actually went to the Nashville Predators next season. But that's kind of awkward for him. You mean you went to the Stanley Cup final last year with Nashville, came up short, but now you go with this new team, the Vegas Golden Knights, and, and if you win... And then you go back. Hey, guys, I got a cup. Let's get one. Well, he got experience, Not only which is that, a good thing. The good news for Vegas is they don't have to worry about the Pittsburgh Penguins, at least not this year. No, they don't have to worry about them. Thanks, Washington Capitals. We get to thank you, Vegas. Anyway, <laughs> Yeah, for one year, you get to thank you. Um, but, yeah, I think that James Neal, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually came to Nashville again. Because at this point now, that if he wins a Stanley Cup, he's not chasing a Stanley Cup anymore per se. He's not, like, really going ring chasing at that point. No, but I know what you mean, Dylan. Players that have won Stanley Cups that are on teams, it's huge. I mean, like my Washington Capitals, Brooks Orpik's the only guy on our team that's won a Stanley Cup. And a guy that knows what it takes, that's that's huge. That's huge. So yeah. for Vegas, same thing. Marc-Andre Fleury, he's won three of them. He knows what it takes to get yeah. a cup. Yeah, we have Benino on our team this season. Too, yeah. I mean, I think that that was a good addition for us. But I think James Neal wants to come back to Nashville. We want him to come back to Nashville yeah, I think it'd be a match made. Money though, they gotta get. I don't know. How they have to clear cost. a lot. They have to clear but, a lot. Yeah, they'll yeah. make some. I think cap they have about seven million in cap cap space right now, um, and they're they're in the the hunt for another player as well. Another another forward. I forgot who they were talking about, but was it Jonathan Tavares? That's Tavares. Yeah, Tavares. That's, that's yeah, yeah from the Islanders. About. Yeah, he, I, it looks like he would need about nine million dollars, um, and we only have a seven million dollar cap space right now. So we'll figure it out. But James Neal. If you want to come to Nashville, we will happily accept you back. So thanks for listening to the show this week, guys. You can follow us on Facebook at Out of Bounds with Dylan James, on Twitter at OOB Podcast. You can also follow me, Dylan underscore James, or you can email me at Dylan at OutofBoundsPodcast.com to give us some suggestions, feedback, comments about the show. Because we want to make this show um, the best it possibly can be, and it's with your suggestions that makes us do so. So I think that you should definitely email us. JT, what are your social media handles, sir? You can reach me on Twitter at JTSocka88. That's at JTSOCKA88. You can reach me on Instagram. It's at JTSocka Sports. And you can email me. It's JT at outofboundspodcast.com. You can also listen to us at WBLZsports.com. Our schedule is listed on there. I'm not really sure what time we we I think it's even on play anymore. I think it is on Mondays too, but I mean, who knows? I have to I look at the schedule as well. I think it's on Mondays from 4 to 5. I'll have to double check, but okay. I'm pretty sure it's 4 to 5. Okay. But you can go on the WBLZ Sports website. It'll definitely tell you on there for Check sure. out the schedule there, and you can follow us there on WBLZ Sports. Um, they've got balls over there. <laughs> so definitely so. Check them out. So JT, um, got any plans for this week? Any big things in sports or anything like that? Well, for Memorial Day weekend, I won't be traveling anywhere, but 
I wish you safe travels down there in Mississippi. Thank you. Uh, for me, I'll probably be working a lot. Well, I am off Saturday. There you go. But Saturday, all I plan to do is go to probably B-dubs and watch the Champions League game. Um, Morgan, she might, we might hang out or something. Cat's supposed to be back. Nice. So maybe me and Cat might go hang out when she gets back. But I haven't seen Deadpool yet. I was going to see it tonight. You need but to. we got to do our podcast. So. It's not as good as the first one. Really? It's, I, it's the first still one I liked, funny. It was really good. It's still funny, but it, I, it's... A bit darker than the first one. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely going to see Deadpool. Uh, Solo. D- Dylan, how do you feel about Solo? I'm not I, really, I want to go see it. You sure? I, yeah. I'm not really feeling it. But maybe well, Rogue I, One. Rogue One, I had that same feeling about uh-huh. it. I was like, Rogue One, I don't really, really want to go see it. But then you saw but it. But it was a phenomenal yeah. movie. So I think that Solo could be along the same lines as, as Rogue One. Man, it's going to be a big summer for Disney for sure. Because with Solo and we got The Incredibles 2 coming out in a couple weeks. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty busy. Yeah. Busy in the movies, for sure. we got a lot of movies to catch up on. Definitely so. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening once again, and we will talk to you guys next week. Seven Sports Talk. WBLZ Sports. We've got balls. I'm Stephen Jodderin from Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Hi, I'm Armand Kafai. Be sure to give us a listen for the best coverage in American soccer. Follow us on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod and give us a subscription on iTunes and Google Play. You don't want to miss it. Gen Service offers complete electrical service with a reputation based on quality. Turn to them for residential, commercial, and industrial electrical service. Doesn't matter if it's new construction, homes, electrical panels, hot tubs, generators, or a commercial rewire. The Gen Service team is licensed, bond, and insured to put your electrical concerns at ease. For an electrical contractor with 25 years of service, give Gen Service a call at 740-438-7173. With over 30 years of experience, the smart people call on Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing. Interior, exterior, commercial, or residential, Doug Peffer does it all. Is your house looking ugh? Then call on Doug. Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. Mention WBLZ Sports and you'll receive a special We've Got Balls discount. That's Doug Peffer Painting and Pressure Washing, 404-966-3361. We are not Vegas, guys. We're just two guys from South Carolina. Making our picks. Doing what we love. That's it. No bunkum, no bullshit. We don't have credit cards today. We're not hanging out with Frella Mafia. Even though we wish we were. 
The Burger and Badass Show, Thursday night from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturday morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. Exclusively on WBLZ Sports. We got the balls. Danny, I need that ball. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get you the ball. Are oh, you gonna get me the oh, ball? I'll get you the, oh, get the oh, ball. WBLZ Sports. I hope he doesn't kill somebody.